Exodus, the 13th chapter, the first one and two. It says, then the Lord spoke to Moses. Note, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast. <laughs> he says, it is mine. It is mine. Father, we thank you today for what you've already done in this place. Thank you for your anointing that destroys the yoke of the enemy. Father, we thank you. People have gathered today, not out of form or fashion, but just because you're God. We come to worship you and honor you. And Lord, we just thank you for the many things that you've even done in our life. Thank you for things past and present and things to come. Thank you for loving us so much that you would allow us to see another day. Give us new mercies and extended grace. So, Father, as we come at this appointed time to hear your word, it is your word that empowers us and strengthens us. We know that we can't live without it. It is our lifeline. So, Father God, as we stand behind this sacred desk to declare your truth, God, I pray that David may decrease, that you may increase. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Thank you for preparing the hearts of your people to receive your word on today. God, prepare this table that we may eat and be full. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the Lord's house this morning. This is our third installment in our series entitled, The Blessed Life. Last week, we talked about it's a test. We talked about the fact that one of the ways God tests us is through tithing. He, he tests us. He says, test me and see when I open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing to you that you won't have room enough to receive. He says, test me, test me. This week, I, I want to talk to you from the subject, the principle of first, the principle of first. This may be one of the most or the most important messages in this particular series, maybe one of the most important. And the reason I say this is because if God is not first in our lives, then understand that we're going to have a great magnitude of issues that we're unable to deal with efficiently, productively, in a way that these things truly are designed to work in our lives. For what we got to understand is that every trial, every temptation, every tribulation, everything that comes our way, God said that he, he, he would cause it to work for our good, which means that we got to be in line with him in order for these things to really work for our good. So he has to be first in our life. And when he is first, understand that we're able to deal with the situations and circumstances because if he's first, that means that they must first come through him. <laughs> they must first come through him. Does not mean that we're not going to have any issues. Does not mean that we're not going to have any circumstances that we face. But it does mean that when God is first, and they come through him. They're going to work for our good. They're going to produce the things by which God has designed for them to produce. And plus they're going to be a little bit more bearable because they come through him. Which means they're not going to come at their full magnitude by which the enemy may have sent them to you. 
Because remember, he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But if they come through God, if they come through him first, understand they have to be weakened at some point a time. <laughs> uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. So when it comes to the principle of first, it's extremely important. It's so important that it is weaved throughout the entire scriptures. From Genesis to Revelation, this thing called the principle of first is weaved throughout the text, weaved throughout Genesis, weaved throughout Leviticus, weaved throughout Job, weaved throughout Matthew, Luke, John, weaved throughout Revelation. It, it is weaved through there for a particular point that God is trying to make is that if we put him first, in everything in our life, understand that it's going to be better for each and every one of us. So Exodus 13, it begins, it tells us, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast. He says, it's mine. Significant point is that he says, it's mine. And note that this is the Lord who is speaking. And what's going to be significant or what has been significant throughout this series, though we are just in the third, uh, um, um, the third message of it, is that all of it pretty much is spoken from the Lord, which is very key because this is not a prophet. This is not, you know, just somebody just flying by night. This is not you know, just any old preacher, but this is the Lord. And when the Lord speaks, understand, he speaks for a specific pur purpose. He's speaking to his people, trying to get them to the point that he desires them to be so that he can really bless their life like he intended or he intends to bless it. So he says, it belongs to me. He said, every firstborn of man and of beast. And if we drop down to verse 12 to 13, we see even more that he says that ye shall set apart to the Lord all that opens the womb. That is every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The, the male shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey ye shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then ye shall break his neck. And all the firstborn of man among the sons you shall redeem. So the Lord is saying this. He, he's making a point and he's telling us that if we don't redeem it, understand we're going to lose it. Yeah, the Lord said that. And it's, it's especially important as it relates to the first 10% of our finances. It's significant. That's why the enemy doesn't want us to adhere to what God has or, or God has spoken in his word is because he understands that if we don't do right with the first, then understand everything that remains is going to have some issues. <laughs> yeah, so he says that if we don't bring it in the Lord's house, we're going to lose it. Yeah, the devourer will, you know, that we mentioned last week, will devour it in some form or fashion. Yeah, the devourer, yeah, the enemy, he will call situations and circumstances to come that would eat up what we 
don't give to God. I could go in multiple illustrations and many of us that have served the Lord for a while and maybe have fallen into this category where we've not given God what is his that we found out somewhere along the process that if we don't give, if we don't render to God what's God's, then at some point of time in life we're going to see that 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 we fail to give is gone anyhow. And what I like about, or one thing about God is that when God allows things to happen in our lives, he's going to let us know that this is why. I've been guilty of that. I, I've been serving the Lord. I'm 50 years old, soon to be 51 next Monday. But I, I've been serving the Lord since I was 19, and I've not always been a tither. But I, I, I saw where that if I fail to give God what is his, somewhere down the line, I'm going to lose what I have. Yeah, I'll look around and wonder where it went to. I'll look at my W-2 and wonder where it went to. I made all this, but where did it go? Yeah. So the first thing we see in the text this morning is that the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. Must be sacrificed or redeemed. So when it comes to animals in the Old Testament, there are two types of animals. The text tells us there's the clean and then there's the unclean. Both of them are represented in our text this morning. There is the lamb that is clean. Then there is the donkey that is unclean. Yeah donkey is unclean so if the firstborn was a clean animal then that animal could be sacrificed to the Lord but if the firstborn that came out understand was an unclean animal as it relates to our text something had to redeem that animal yeah they had to sacrifice a lamb on behalf of the donkey in order for the donkey to live <laughs> So if the owner decided that he didn't want to redeem the donkey, understand uh, he had to break his neck. The reason that he had to break his neck instead of slaying it because slaying it would almost resemble sacrificing it. So he could not shed any blood. He had to break his neck. So he lost it if he failed to redeem it. So the key is that if the owner refuses to redeem the donkey, he would lose it. And this is important as it relates to us today. Because the truth of the matter is that all of us were born unclean. Yeah, yeah. All of us came into this world in sin, checked with iniquity. Yeah, none of us came out of our mother's womb speaking in tongue and filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, we had some issues. We had some problems. Uh, uh, nobody had to teach us to lie. No, it was just in us. Nobody had to teach us how to hate. No, it, it was just in us. But Jesus, yeah, when he came into this world, understand, he came in as a perfect person. He came in, understand, with no sin in his life. So it would take a, a, a perfect sacrifice. It would take a perfect lamb in order to redeem you and I. Yeah, this is significant because this is showing us that even the Lord himself had to give a tenth. <laughs> yeah, can I tell you this morning that Jesus is the Lord's tenth. Yeah, he gave it so that we might be redeemed. 
He is our kinsman redeemer. Woo, hallelujah. And I'm so glad about that this morning, that if it was not for him, I would still be in the poor condition that I was in. But thanks be to God this morning that he was willing, yeah, to be my kinsman redeemer. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm so glad about that this morning. So his sacrifice on the cross was that redeeming factor. So this principle of first is important, especially as it relates to tithing. Because Jesus, for Jesus to redeem you and me, understand he had to be again God's firstborn. He had to be the tithe for you and I. So just think, God gave the tithe, he gave Jesus in faith before we even got saved. Yeah, he did it in faith. He did it uh, uh, not knowing or, or he did it with the anticipation, with the belief that at some point of time in our lives that what he did in sacrificing on Calvary was going to be worth it for you and I. I mean, that's what Paul tells us in Romans 5 and 8. He says, but God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He knew what we we're going to do. He knew the fact that we were going to sin. He knew the fact that we were going to sleep with that person or that person. He knew the fact that we were going to drink this or do that. He knew the fact that we were going to lie. He knew the fact that we were going to scheme. He knew all of that, but he was willing to die so that... Yeah, we wouldn't have to live in that condition. So in the same way that God gave his tenth, understand we ought to give ours. It's been said that any first thing given is never lost. And any first thing not given is always lost. In other words, what we give to God, understand we don't lose it because he redeems it for us. But if we fail to give it to him, at some point of time in our life, we're going to lose it. Yeah, so it boils down to the first belongs to God. Not the second, not the third, not the fourth, but the first. Yeah, the first. Not after you've paid all your bills. Not after you've gone shopping. Not after if, 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 if you have enough. No, he, he says the first belong to me. Yeah, the first, the tithe. And the reason that this is so important is because it takes faith to give the first. Yeah, it takes faith to give the first. Them people in the Old Testament understand it took faith for them to give the first. We don't have goats and bulls and all these things to sacrifice. Our uh, medium of exchange is money. So understand that he tells us that if we fail to do that, uh, it's kind of like showing a, a lack of faith because they had to believe that in giving their first that there was going to be a second, third, or fourth. Yeah, he tells them to give the first, even though that they didn't know whether the lamb was even going to have any more children. Yeah. He says, give me that and I'll prove myself on the rest. He says, give me that and I'll, I, I, I'll produce everything else that you need. Just, just step out on faith and give me the first. 
Uh, he says, give me the first. So God, God didn't say uh, uh, after he birthed, after you birthed five to give me one of them. You know, give me the one that you don't want. Yeah, give me the one that doesn't, you know, quite look so good. You know, give me the one that limps. Yeah, that you can't really use. No, he says, give me the first. Give me the, the first. He says, give it to me. Give, give me the first. Can I tell you something that it's always, it always requires faith to give God the first. I mean, that's why so many Christians fail to experience the blessing of tithing. Because there is a blessing in tithing. <laughs> there is a blessing. Tell, tell your neighbor there's a blessing in tithing. Yeah, there's a blessing. There's a blessing in tithing. There's a blessing there. There's a blessing in tithing. Tithing says to God that I recognize you first. And I'm putting you first in my life. And I trust you that you're going to take care of the rest of the things in my life. Yeah, telling God I, I trust you. Even though I can't see it. I trust you. And if he, the thing about that, if, if we don't trust God with the tide and we don't trust him in that area, it's going to be difficult to trust him for a healing. It's going to be difficult to trust him in my marriage. It's going to be difficult to trust him for a job. It's going to be difficult to trust him for health because this is the area of testing that he puts out first to see exactly what we're going to do. He says, I, I, I'm setting this as precedent. Yeah, because this is going to prove to me whether you really love me. <laughs> whether you're really in this thing or not yeah because the bible did say that where your heart is your treasure is also there so the tenth is the redeemed portion meaning that when the first portion is given uh, to god the rest is redeemed which means that you'll be able to do more with the 90 than you could with the 100 y'all ain't gonna help me today yeah, if you test him with the 10, uh, he says, I'll prove to you that I can produce more out of the 90 than you can if you got all 100% in your hand. And I, 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 I've seen God do it. I, I, I've seen God not knowing how in the world that it was going to work out, but trusting him to believe him by faith and giving him the tithe. I, I've seen God stretch the 90. Ooh, I wish I had a witness in here. Yeah, I've seen God stretch the night. I, I, I've seen God stretch it like a, a, a balloon being filled with water. I've seen him stretch it like a rubber band. I've seen him stretch it to cover uh, all my uh, bills and some. Yeah, because he said that it would overflow. <laughs> Glory to God. So let's, let's, let, let me say right here that it's, it's really not the tide that releases the blessing on the rest. Can I tell you what it is? Can I tell you that is faith? Can I tell you that is faith? He, he says, without faith, it's impossible to please me. He said, but if you have faith, he says, if you have it the size of a mustard seed, which gives us a great illustrations and let us know that it's not the, 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 the magnitude of our faith. It doesn't have to be so big in order to do what God designs for it to do. All, all, the real point is what is how it is perceived how is faith perceived uh, understanding that it's not the faith in the thing but it's in the faith of the god of the thing 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Said if you truly believe in God, if you truly trust him, glory to God, that whatever it is that is standing in your path, that if you allow God to do what he desires to do, understand whatever it is cannot stand in the presence of a mighty God. Yeah, it's faith. Faith, faith is the key. It's the, the, the kind of faith that makes the difference. It's the object of the faith. It's the faith in a tremendous God. And can I, I don't know about you, but every day God is proving to me that he's a tremendous God. Even through this fast, he's proven to me that he's a tremendous God. I, I, because I, what I like about God is that you don't have to really wait on God to do something. I, I, I mean, God is steady working and proving himself every day. Glory to God. And even uh, before this fast was over, God was proving some things in my life. And he was proving some things on behalf of this ministry just to let us know that I'm right there in the midst. And if you trust me. Yeah, he says, I can do exceedingly abundantly above that that you could ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. Yeah, the faith, the belief that he's able and he can do and nothing can stand in between him. Yeah, the second thing that the text tells us is the firstborn must be offered. Yeah, we see Proverbs 3 and 9 and 10 says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. <laughs> And he doesn't stop there because look at 10. <laughs> yeah, we like to shout about 10, but we forget about the 9. <laughs> uh, but he says, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. He says, you honor the Lord when you tie to his house. Uh, yeah. He says his house. Okay, can I suggest to you that this is his house? Uh, can I suggest to you that this is not my house? But can, I can I tell you that when I leave here, uh, when I'm dead and gone, that this house still goes on? Can I tell you that uh, when, when, when you leave that the house still goes on? Uh, it's, a re it's a reason behind that is because this is not our house, but it's God's house. And God's house continues to go on. It's perpetual. It continues to go on. Nothing can stop God's house. So he tells us, he says, when you bring it into my house. Yeah, my house. Because after all, as pastor, I'm just a steward of God's house. Yeah, I'm just a steward. And if I don't do it faithfully, guess what? He'll find somebody that can. <laughs> yeah, he'll find somebody that can. If we don't do our job faithfully, he'll find somebody that can. <laughs> yeah, don't think that we're going we're gonna to stop God in any form or fashion, in any capacity. God would just find somebody else. Because that's the kind of God he is. That if we don't do it, he's merciful and he's mighty. But understand that there's an expectation from God. Just like every parent has an expectation for their children. God has an expectation for us. He says in Exodus 23 and 9, he says, The first of the, of the first fruits of your land you bring into the house of the Lord your God. God says that if you honor me with bringing the tithe into my house he said i'll see to it look at this he says that your barns are filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine he says that i'll make sure that you have what you need he said, I'll, I'll make sure that the, 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 uh, the righteous will, 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 will never go without. He said, I'll make sure that everything you need will be provided for you. And he says, your vats. Yeah, those things that you put your hands to. Uh, 
He says, you know, the, the, the dreams that you have. He says, you know, that, that, that job that you have, uh, uh, he, he says, I, 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 I'll increase it. I, 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 I'll bless you. Matter of fact, God is so powerful that he'll even bless you when you don't even have a job. Oh, I, I wish I had a witness in here. Yeah, he, 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 he'll bless you even though you're going through difficulties and circumstances. He, he'll do that for you. I mean, we saw last week that he says, the Lord told us to bring the tithe into the storehouse, into the church. Uh, so it's meant to be used, or it's not meant to be used for television evangelists. Uh, come here. It's not, it's not meant to be used to be uh, sent over for wells in Africa. Uh, I'm going to help you in just a minute. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's not me meant to, for you to go spend it on your neighbor to buy food. Uh, see, because the tithe belonged to God. <laughs> yeah, but the offering, understand, if you want to give, now all those things are good. We ought to be giving to, 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 to foreign countries and digging wells. We ought to be sowing into people's lives. We ought to be providing for our neighbor, but not out of the tithe. Because he said, the tithe belonged to me. Yeah, the tithe belonged to me. And <laughs> he says, the tithe be belonged to me. Yeah. Yeah. I was given an offering, yes, but not your tithes. Let me say this, because truth of the matter is, is that uh, you can't give an offering until you're given a tithe. Let me help somebody. <laughs> yeah. It's not until you have rendered to God what's God's, <laughs> then you can allow the rest of it to go to the offering where it desires to go, which means that if you aren't, if we haven't tithe, and if we're just giving offering, the truth of the matter is, is that we're really giving the tithe. And see, the tithe is what rebuked the devourer, but uh, the offering is what. Uh, really allows for the increase in our life which means that we'll never see the increase we'll never see the overflow if we don't first start with the tithe mm. see many people ask why did why did why didn't God honor Cain's offering why why didn't God honor Cain's offering well it's in the text if you look at it, Genesis uh, 4 and 3 through 5 it says look what it says it says in the course of time Cain brought some of the, let me back up. He says, in the course of time. Well, God said, give it to me first. But Cain says, I'm bringing it in the course of time. I'm bringing it, you know, uh, well, I'm going to skip this week. Yeah. And I'll bring it next week. Yo, I got something to do with it this month. And I'll catch up two months later. He was bringing it in the course of time. Yeah. He was bringing it in the course of time. And he says not only was he bringing it in the course of time, but God had instructed what to bring. And the text says that he was bringing fruit of the soil, which means that none of that was shedding blood. He was giving to God what he wanted to give God. When God specifically gave Cain and everybody else instructions, how did Abel know what to bring? 
evidently somewhere down the line Adam instructed how and what needed to be brought to God in order to please him but Cain says I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it and because of that understand jealousy and envy was built up in him because he saw God bless Abel and didn't bless him well let me bring that to today isn't it amazing how we get jealous of people and get mad at them because God is blessing them and he's not quite doing what we think he ought to do for us after all, didn't God say that he is, uh, uh, he has no respect of a person? Didn't God say that if I serve him that he would do the same thing that he would do for everybody else? But the question is, are we doing what everybody else is doing? Yeah, are we doing what God has commanded in his word to do? Or are we being like Cain and giving God what we want to give him when we want to give him? But yet expecting the same blessing that Abel got. Hmm. Well, it's quiet in here. I like it's quiet. It means you're thinking. It means you're thinking. The key point is that God is looking at the intent of the heart. Abel's heart was pure. Abel's heart was after God. Abel's heart was at the point that he wanted to please God in spite of anything. I just want to know, is there anybody in here that's willing to please God in spite of anything? Yeah. Glory to God. See, because we're going to find out next week is that we have been conditioned by the world. Yeah, that spirit of mammon is, 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 is uh, 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 lingering throughout the uh, world, but it's also crept into the body of Christ. Yeah, well, we're allowing that spirit... <laughs> Uh, to rule our life instead of allowing the spirit of God to rule. And that's many times the reason why we're not enjoying the full blessing on our life that God would desire. Can I tell you, you can be saved, you can be filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, but you can fail to live out God's full potential for your life. Can I tell you that we can shout, we can throw up our hands, we can glorify God, but at the end of the day, there will be something missing in our lives because we've not done everything that God has called us to do. Ooh. See, I don't know about you. Uh, last week when I heard about Kobe, uh, you know, I mean, that, that, that really, you know, causes you to pause. And I mean, I can imagine the millions of people that pause for a minute and all week long have been thinking about, uh, you know, uh, uh, think about how many people fly and how many people travel and how many people, you know, I mean, it has gotten to the point now you can just be sitting in Starbucks. You could just be sitting in church and all these things happen and you not know where your last day will be. It will cause you to think you know am I really doing everything that I need to do for God am I really ready in case yeah in case this is my last day in case you know <laughs> you know just so happen I'm driving down the street and somebody come with come at me head on yeah 
I, I, I say our faith is really activated every day. I travel uh, Covered Bridge Road, and it's a two-lane highway, and they have them big trucks that are going up the food line and traveling back and forth the food line. And I said, this is faith right here. I said, because it, all of it take, all it takes is a person to take their mind off of the road. All it takes. Uh, I was talking to somebody this week, and they were talking about how this person uh, that that they knew had made one mistake in their life, and it had cost them. They they got drunk one night. They they had done things that uh, that 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 they hadn't broken the law any other time but that one night they crossed the center line and took a life in Johnson County and because of that now they're suffering with that yeah they had to pay out money their insurance company paid out money but beyond that they're having to live with that every day of their life so think about that person. They were probably going to the grocery store, going to pick up the kid. They were going to do something, and all of a sudden their life was taken. So we don't know. So it behooves us to try to do everything that we can so that we can please God so that when our day does come, huh, that we can hear that, well done, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Oh, yeah. So, so we have six minutes. So third thing is, uh, is that the tide must be first. I mean, Leviticus 27 and 30 tells us, and God, it says, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree is the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. Key thing there is that it's the Lord. And then secondly, it's holy to the Lord. So because it's the Lord and because it's holy, understand it must be first. Think about this. If I had a, a, a hundred dollars up here and I had ten one hundred dollar, I had ten uh, ten dollar bills, and I was going to pay my tithe, which one would be the tithe? Which one would be the tithe? Out of the ten, out of the ten, I, I heard somebody said the first. Yeah, the first. Yeah. Well, which one is first? The, the, the first ten. The first ten dollars. Okay, the first ten dollars. Can I tell you the first ten dollars I give? Yeah, because it is what God is requiring, the first of my giving. So if I don't give the first, could it be that, I mean, and, and, and that's how we do many times. Because, you know, we're going to sit down and we're going to take out a light bill, <laughs> the water bill. We're going to take out a rent. We're going to take out a car payment. <laughs> yeah, we're going to take care of uh, a belts bill. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to take care of, you know, all those other bills. And then we see what's left. And, and, and that's what we get the 10th out of and give to God. But can I tell you that God wants the first? God wants it so that when we really sit down, that the first what, of what we give is a tithe. And then everything else falls in its perspective place. Because that shows God that we're trusting him off of the rest. That we believe that he's going to meet the need of the rest. Now, note, I didn't say this. But I told you in the beginning that the Lord said this. And many people, <laughs> pastors get grief for this because the people look at them as though they say that. But the text says that the Lord says that. So if you're going to get angry at anybody, don't get angry at the pastor, don't get angry at the preacher, but you better get angry at God. And woe to him that get angry at God. Because the truth of the matter is, is that you're going to need God before he needs you. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me. I'm just trying to help somebody today. 
Glory to God. Because I'm, I'm telling you, I want your 2020 to be blessed. I want your 2020, uh, uh, to, 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 I want God to rain on your 2020. I want you to get everything in 2020 that you're deserving of, that God has promised and destined for your life. I want you to get it, which means that we got to do right with the first. Hmm. <laughs> so he says holy, three minutes. <laughs> he says holy. Holy means set apart. It means not to touch. The last thing, and then we're going, is that it's important to model this for the next generation. Because truth of the matter is that many, many of us didn't learn this until we got saved. Yeah. We didn't learn about tithing until we got saved, came into a, 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 a church that talked about tithing. Because can I tell you that every church doesn't talk about tithing? Uh, I, I talk to pastors all the time. And, and, and they talk about, uh, you know, their church and, and, and you know, they, they, they're, they're, they, they don't say anything about tithing. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to judge them as to why. Uh, but, you know, when I start telling them, you know, how blessed we are here at Faith because we tithe. Uh, and they start telling us, and I'm telling me, I mean, churches that are twice this size that, that don't tithe, but because we tithe, we, we, we bring in annually more than they bring in, which means that we're able to do more. Even though they got more people, we're able to do more because we have faithful people that tithe and understand tithing here. And because of that, we are able to impact the lives of people uh, uh, more so than other ministries. So he says, make sure you pass this down to the next generation. Because many of us didn't learn this until we got saved. And even now that we're saved, some of us still have a difficulty with it. And it's because the world has conditioned us. The world says that you need to make all you can and can all you make. Uh, the world says, you know, you, you, you need to keep all you can. The, the, the world says that you can't afford to tithe. And the truth of the matter is that, that over the course of, of my pastorate, I've heard two different types of testimonies. I heard it from the person that said that uh, I can't afford to tithe. But the truth of the matter is that you can't afford not to tithe. And then I heard a testimony from the person that says, the moment that I tithe, the minute that I begin to trust God and believe God, that's the moment that my finances begin to change for the better. Two types of people, two types of testimonies right in the house of God. Hmm. And then we hear, you know, we hear, those of us who know the, the right thing to do uh, need to make sure that we're teaching it to our young people. And we see this. We see this in, uh, you can go back and look at Exodus uh, 13 and 14. My time is about up. But, but he says, look what he says. It says, so it shall be that when your sons ask you in a time to come, saying, what is this? That ye shall say to him, by strength and hand and strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go that the Lord killed all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both of firstborn of man and firstborn of the beast. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the wound, but all the firstborns of my sons I redeemed. And it shall be as a sign on your hand and 
as frontlets between your eyes. For by strength of hand, the Lord brought you out of Egypt. And I'm closing, but I kind of thought about this particular verse. I, I, I tried to rationalize and bring an example to the forefront. And I, I kind of thought about that when I, when I was in business. And I, 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 I owned the business and I, I was doing real well, but it, it didn't start that way. No, when, when I started, you know, it, it's kind of like, well, let me use this. If I was to pass this on to my son and he saw somewhere in the books that 10 percent and he came to ask me, you know, why are you giving 10 percent to the church? You know, we could do a lot with that 10 percent. You know, we could take that 10 percent and buy other equipment. We could take that 10 percent and, you know, I mean, we could buy new trucks. I mean, we could take that 10 percent and, and truly do more with it than you talking about giving it to the church. But when I was in business, when I first started off, it was difficult. It was hard. When I went into contracts, I mean, there were 20 men in the room. And they, they wanted that same contract that I wanted. Which means that it was difficult to really get a contract and, and, and you know, hone in on, 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 on something so that my business could grow and be productive. But then I heard somebody teaching about tithing. I heard Bishop Smith teaching about tithing, how important it is that we give God what's his. And I, I began to tithe, and I began to go in those meetings, and I got some witnesses in here that I, 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 I began to get those contracts. Contract City of Raleigh, contract Wake County Public Schools, contracts residential, just business just growing. And, it's kind of like my, you know, my son coming and saying, well, I see you giving that tenth away. And then I'm telling him, son, look, you know, when I first started business, it was difficult. But somebody told me about tithing and I began to do it. And out of it, I, I, I saw God can increase. And look around. Look at the house you're living in. Look around at the car you're driving. Look around at the fact that you're able to go to school and not having to pay a dime. Look around. All of this because... I was willing to step out on faith and tithe so that God could bless what I had my hands in. Can I tell you, that's, that's what God does for all of us when we're willing to step out in faith. He'll bless what our hands are in. We'll look back and our job is to make sure that we fortify this next generation to let them know that if they start this thing early, how much more blessed they'll be. But you ain't got to wait till you're 30 to start tithing. That's why we ought to be teaching our young children as we prepare them and as we, you know, do allowances and stuff like that. And as they do things around the house, make sure they take that tenth out. Because the truth of the matter is, if you start early, it won't be no difficulty when they get older. They'll be conditioned to that. Yeah. And when the world comes... With all these other things telling us, you know, that we don't need to do it. We're, we're already conditioned to that. We already know what God said in his word. We're already seeing God blessing our life. Hallelujah. So we can't not pour into our young people the gravity of tithing to the Lord. I hope I help somebody with this message. The principle 
of first. The principle of first. It's not about the law, but it's about a way of life. Because truly, we're, we're doing it. We're doing it, but maybe we're not just giving, we're not giving it to God. We're giving somebody that first. And I'm here to tell you, it ought to be God. You hear me? It ought to be God. So, is God really first in your life? That's the question I want to leave. Is, is God really first? Is God really first? We say he's first. But if he was to look at your checkbook, if he was to look at where you are giving that first to, could he honestly say that, yo, you, you know, I'm really first in their life. I'm really first. They really honor me. They really love me. It's not out of words, but I see the deeds. I see them faithfully committing and faithfully stepping out in faith and believing me. And God said, if you do that, he said, you won't have to worry about anything. He said, your vats will overflow. He said, your barns will be full. And I don't know anybody that don't want their barns to be full. I don't know anybody that don't, let me, that don't want your bank account full. They may not have the million because they, I'll deal with that next week because everybody ain't going to have a million. Everybody ain't going to have a million. We got to watch out for the prosperity of God. Everybody's not going to have a million dollars sitting in the bank. Everybody's not going to drive a Bentley. Everybody's not going to have five or six houses. Oh, it got quiet in here. <laughs> oh. I mean, it's really based on your assignment. It's really based on your, because people talk about Jesus. They talk about the fact that Jesus, you know, uh, well, you know, and, and some people use it, you know, they use the contrast that, you know, you don't need all that stuff because Jesus didn't have it. Well, it wasn't Jesus' assignment. You know, he didn't have no wife. He didn't have no family to take care of, which means that, you know, we live, in, we live a little bit differently. You know, if you want to live like Jesus and, you know, not have a family, you know, you know where to lay your head, you know, don't worry, don't, don't do none of that. But if you want to take care of your family, which the Bible says that if you don't, you're worse than the infidel. Yeah. So you want, you, you want to do that. You want to make sure. So I hope this message has blessed somebody on today. The principle of first principle of first.